a word from God from the book of Psalms, chapter 27. We can read it together. If they have it on the screens, I'm going to go ahead and start, start reading it today. I have to gather my thoughts because the spirit of the Lord has been in this place. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that God is moving into all of you who are coming to Bible study that are watching online and our Bible study seems to be growing every week. And I want to say thank you for that. I want to encourage you, grab somebody else and bring them in. We're running out of table space, which is good, but we got plenty of tables. We can do more. We're working on more. There can always be more when people are wanting to get the word of God. Let's read the word of God. Psalms 27 verse one. It says this, it says, read with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? <laughs> Hallelujah. When the wicked came upon me to devour my flesh, my enemies and foes stumbled and fell. Though an army encamps around me, my heart will not fear. Though a war breaks out against me, I will keep my trust. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. He will, con he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me upon the rock. By this scripture, other related scriptures and aid of the Holy Spirit, we want to talk to you today from this subject. Not afraid of the dark. You may be seated in the presence of God. Our brothers and our sisters. In our series, Freedom, we've been talking about how to walk free. How to walk in the newness of freedom that God has given us as believers. We have quoted every week the book of John that says, Now if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. In our series, we've been talking about the believer's ability to walk in freedom and how the Son has set us free. And our goal is to be free as believers from all of the things that the enemy uses to entrap us. <laughs> These different types of enemies that come to us, that come to rob our peace and our joy and keep us in chains. And God said in John chapter 10, he says, those are, those are instruments of the thief. For he says that the thief comes to kill and to steal and destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, a good translation of that is to the full until it overflows. Jesus is saying, I'm coming so you don't just experience life, but you experience living. <laughs> because there are many people <laughs> who die, <laughs> who are buried at 85, but they really died at 50. <laughs> there are many people who have stopped living they are just merely existing and they are really not receiving the life that God has for them. It's possible to be saved and on your way to heaven, but still to be bound in certain things. God wants his people to be free 
<laughs> and what a more vicious and unforgiving prison than that of the prison of fear. <laughs> if there's anything that the world has had an overdose of in the past few years since 2020, it's that of fear. <laughs> you turn on your news, you see fear. You go to the grocery store, you see fear. You pick up the phone, you see fear. You, you, you go to your kid's school and all you see is fear. You go to mass gatherings and all you see is fear. I'm not talking about caution, I'm talking about fear, irrational panic. If there's anything that the world has had an overdose of, I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little tired of living in fear. <laughs> there's a lot of things. <laughs> that are out there that can cause fear. Some of us are just fearful because of a fear of the unknown. Some of us are living in a prison because we have a fear of failure. Some of us are not succeeding where God has called us to succeed because we have a fear of rejection. There are some people that even God is ready to call from labor to reward, but they can't yet let go. Why? Because they have a fear of death. They fear what they don't understand. There are some people who latch on to people unhealthily and pull people into their lives that shouldn't even be in their lives. And they keep abusive people and toxic people in their life because they have a fear of abandonment. They have a fear of loneliness, a fear of being alone. How many of you know sometimes people will stay with people in their lives that are doing them harm because they rather feel the pain of an enemy than the loneliness that creeps in by themselves. They are scared of living. They are scared of life. They are scared of what's to come. In one way or another, we who are living the human experience at one point or another have bumped into this thing called Fear. What is fear? Fear, in it, by its definition, is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief, everybody say belief, <laughs> that something is dangerous or is likely to cause an imminent threat to us. In other words, sometimes our feelings are real, but they're based off of beliefs that are erroneous. What do you mean by that? There are many times when we're scared of things. Have you ever spent your time being scared of something that never showed? Have you ever spent your time worrying about a sickness that never showed up? Granddaddy had cancer and grandmama had cancer and you spent your whole life. Granddaddy died at 50 and you 65 still saying it's coming to get me. You beat them by 15 years. You're walking in fear. You're scared to do anything or live life because you're walking in fear. Had bad relationships and won't get new relationships because of the people who burned you and you're too scared to be burned again. So you become a recluse and alone by yourself because you're walking in fear. Sometimes our feelings are very real, but they are based off of a wrong belief. And the problem with our wrong belief system is that wrong beliefs affect our choices and create erroneous choices. Sometimes I tell people all the time, the strategy that you're giving me is not a bad strategy. The problem is it's a good strategy based off of bad information. <laughs> it's not that your strategy is bad, but your intel is bad. And so bad beliefs create bad 
choices and bad choices bring bad outcomes and our outcomes not only affect us but they affect our generations to come and many times we have made decisions and not done what God called us to do because when God called us to do it we were afraid how many blessings did our children and our posterity, how many blessings did we miss out on simply because God gave a command, but somebody was too scared to walk out on faith? I'm not talking about fear in the godly sense where we talk about the fear of the Lord. That's a different type of fear. That is better defined as the admiration of the respect of the Lord. I'm talking about an ungodly fear. And there are ungodly fears and ungodly things in our life into which we have an erroneous response and we overcompensate based off of things that may not appear. One definition some people use for fear is false evidence appearing real, that we make choices based off of things that aren't really real and may never even happen. Fear. There are things in our life that are not healthy because they are powered by bad fuel. God has called us to operate in faith. You can look at the front of, of the pulpit here and it says 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. But we often don't walk in faith. We walk in fear. And fear will cause us to get ahead of God in our lives. Fear will cause us not to receive the promise of God in our lives. I've come to tell you that there are some people right now that God has a blessing in a business or a blessing in a ministry right now, but you're scared to walk out on faith. And faith has become a prison. Faith is robbing you of the thing that God has given you. And somebody is not being blessed because you have allowed the enemy to let fear creep in your heart. What if I don't make it? What if my business fails? What if the relationship doesn't work? What if the ministry closes? But I ask you a question. What if it doesn't? You miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take, and you can be and you can be surrounded by fear, and fear will make you irrational. Have you ever had an irrational thought about fear? You can get ahead of God because of fear. Come here, Abraham. God talked to Abraham and told Abraham, Abraham, your name will no longer be Abram, but it's going to be Abraham, which means that you are the father of many nations. Come here, Sarai. Your name is going to be Sarah because you are going to be a mother to those nations. God gave them a promise but as she began to get old and she began to think with her common sense and use her common wit she began to look at how things naturally were and she became fearful that the God was not going to do in her life what he told her he was going to do so she did what most of us try to do we get ahead of God we move quickly. God has for you, young lady, whoever is listening, God has the right man for you that loves the Lord. But he can't get to you because you're too scared to be alone. And you got this fella sitting on your couch playing Xbox with no job. You need to kick that fella to the curb and get him out of the way. He's taking up room. You're scared to be alone, but you better be alone and get yourself ready for what God has for you. Don't settle for less because you're scared. 
Don't allow fear. Just like we talked about last week, not only can you not let regular emotions drive the bus, but you cannot let the emotion of fear drive the bus because Abraham and Sarah got ahead of God. They made decisions that have impacted the entire world for thousands of years. There are still conflicts in the Middle East. Why? Because Abram and Sarah decided to walk in fear. They decided not to trust God and they stepped out too soon because God wasn't moving like they thought he should move. He wasn't moving when they thought he should move and they tried to get ahead of him. This word, I don't know who it's for, but it's for a young preacher right now. It's not the time right now. You're wondering if I just step on out there and go. I don't know who this is for, but wait until God opens the door. God can open doors that no man can shut and God can shut doors that no man can open. You don't have to open doors for yourself. The Bible said that a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. God knows what you need when you need it, but just wait on the Lord. How many times have we allowed fear to make us jump the gun rather than trusting God? Can you think of anything you have to dig your way out of? Because instead of waiting on God, you figured I'm too scared of a bad outcome. So I'm going to work it out for myself. <laughs> we allowed fear to drive the bus. We allowed fear to govern our life. And God is calling us not to work in fear. This is what happens when we get ahead of God and we don't walk by faith. Many times when we look at the storyline of our lives, it is not a story of us being led to something. It is the result of us running from something. We have fear of failure, and so we sabotage ourselves before we get to the top because we don't know how we will respond when we get there. We want we we settle for a mundane life and boring living and life to always be lived on the defensive as a response to a situation rather than letting God lead us. Our fears are driving instead of letting God lead us. We're being pushed by fear, and fear can become a prison of darkness. Many of us are caught. Looking through the windows, wanting different results, wanting God to move in our life. But God has given you a command and you won't move on that command because you allow fear to overtake your life. But I've come to tell you and ask you a question. Where did you get that from? Because the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but God has given us the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. Where did you get that from? Where did you get that uneasiness where you can no longer put confidence in the ability of God? There are some businesses and ministries that haven't opened up because of fear. There are some lost opportunities because people have walked in fear. There are some dreams that have died because people are walking in fear. Some of us don't even witness to others about Christ because we are walking in fear. We're scared of the response we'll get. So it's easier to keep our mouth closed because fear is in the dark and darkness represents the unknown. Fear is robbing us of the abundance of life in our faith. I don't know if you've ever done it, but when I was young, my mother used to tell me to go to bed by a certain time. But I knew 
the stuff I wanted to watch that mama wouldn't let me watch, <laughs> came on late at night. Mama would tell me, don't you watch those scary movies. Don't you watch Candyman. Don't you watch Friday the 13th. And what I would do is I would wait until mama was asleep and I could hear good that mama was asleep and I would walk over and I would peep through the door and I'd see mama and every now and then I'd walk up and I'd poke her. I'd poke the bell a little bit just to see if she was good and asleep. And I would walk in and I would go in and I would start watching things that I had no business watching, scary movies that I had no business seeing. And oh, but when I laid my head on my pillow and I cut the light off, I began to look in the corner and I would see coats and stuff in the corner. And I could imagine the coat saying, hey, how you doing? <laughs> And fear would grip my heart and I could listen and I'd be scared because I could hear things in the room because I was sitting in the dark and my mind had begun to play tricks on me. My fear had began to drive the bus. But how many of us have done that in life? We pushed people away from us because we were so scared to lose them that we were overbearing and trying to keep them. We pushed them away. How many of us have been like me where my anticipation and my expectation of a false reality was giving birth to some false evidence and guiding my response? I was responding based off of something that was not really there, but I was responding out of my fear. I was allowing my fear to drive the bus. How did I solve that fear? I solved it the same way that David solved the fear. Brother David preached half of my sermon today, so I don't have much to do. But he did one simple thing. Look at your neighbor and say, turn on the light. Yeah. Because when I turn on the light, Light is an affirmative force. Light is a force that you don't have to ever throw darkness out of the room. All you have to do is turn on the light and darkness begins to scare it. Well, how do you turn on the light? David told us in the book of Psalms chapter 27, he said, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear. The Lord is my light source. The Lord is my confidence. The Lord is the strength of my life. One translation said, the Lord is my stronghold. The Lord is my safe place of whom shall I be afraid. He says, when the wicked, even mine enemies came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. I like the honesty of David because he doesn't try to pretend that everything always goes right in life. He does not try to pretend that attacks won't come. He does not try to pretend that in life, if you will never have battles or you'll never have fights. But he says, even when I have the battle, I can fight in confidence knowing that I am protected. I can't promise you that you won't ever go through sickness. I can't promise you that you won't ever go through heartache or disappointment. But what I can promise you that the, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty that God will protect you in his wings. That's why I'm not afraid of the dark because I know that in God's presence only light can shine. Because I know God that there is light 
in your presence. God, I know that there is safety in your presence. I know that there is deliverance in your presence because David said it this way. He said, for in the time of trouble, he will hide me. <laughs> that he didn't say that trouble wouldn't come, but when trouble comes, God will hide me. He doesn't take away every bad circumstance or situation, but when it comes, he will hide me. He will protect me. He will keep me safe. What David is saying is the more I get into his presence and the more I get into his word and the more I experience his grace, the more I experience comfort in my storm. Oftentimes, you might not know it, but one of the most chilling and, and powerful things of the father is when your children look to you for comfort. Um, I don't know if you've ever been like me, guys, but many a night I'm, I'm right into that deep REM sleep when your eyes start to roll back and forth and you're good. And, and all of a sudden you hear just a little small tap on your arm and, and, and it jolts you and you have to catch yourself. And you wake up and you see a child at the foot of your bed and you're looking at the child and saying, why? You really want to say, why? Why are you awake? Everybody is asleep. But then that child says, daddy, I'm scared. Daddy, I'm scared. Can I sleep in here with y'all? I, I get at the foot of the bed as long as I can sleep in here with y'all. And what they're saying is that in your presence, I feel safe. The reason many of us feel irrational fear is because we don't spend enough time in God's presence. I submit to you this morning that I'm so glad to see all of you this morning in the building, but it will take more of that, that to feel safe in his presence. There is fullness of joy that sometimes when nobody's around, you need to have a devotional time and you need to have your Bible open and you need to have your prayer closet because when things are going wrong in your life and the pastor can't get to you and your friends can't get to you and the deacon and the elder can't lay hands on you, sometimes you got to know God for yourself that you can learn to get in his presence because even though all hell is breaking loose around me, God in your presence I feel safe. <laughs> and sometimes if we'll be real, I don't know about you but I, I'm like Paul, I call him daddy sometimes. Although I'm, I try to be a man for, for my children, I, I try not to show fear. Every now and then I have to get into the closet and I have to say, Daddy, I'm scared. <laughs> Daddy, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Men don't like to talk about that, but all men have fears, but they're taught to not show fear, but they show courage, which is not the absence of fear, but it is the ability to act irregardless of the fear that you feel. But sometimes it's okay when you're leading your family and you don't know which way to turn to go in and say, daddy, I'm scared. Can I come in here? with you? Can I open up this closet and get on my knees and come in here with you? Can I open up my word and allow your word to speak to my heart? Can I come in here with you? Because in a world that it's hard to be a man in, in a world where the men are always being attacked, in a world where they call my masculinity toxic, in a world where they say that me being a man is the source of the world's problems. God, I don't even feel safe in the world, but when I open your word and I go into your presence I feel safe 
There are some ladies right now who have problems with body image and self-esteem and, and, and how you view yourself because you've allowed the magazines to tell you how you should look. You've allowed other people to define for you what beauty is and the world has told you that you're ugly when the truth is the world is the one that's ugly. You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. You are God knows the hair on your head and instead of going down and giving in to that insecurity and allowing that bozo to tell you what he needs to tell you to take advantage of yourself don't run to that man run to a man called Jesus and say in your presence I feel safe God in your presence I feel safe is there anybody who wants to get into God's presence is there anybody who needs to feel safe David said that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He's providing my needs. I'm not scared of provision because the Lord is going to provide my provision. <clears throat> I'm not scared that anxiety is going to take me because even when my mind keeps, keeps wrestling, if I just get in his presence, see, that's the problem. That's why you can't sleep at night because you're watching TV and you're watching fear. But if you get into his presence, when you get into his presence, see, it's good to have a good father. My kids like to stay up and they can take advantage of mama sometimes. And mama said I could stay up, but mama's out of town now and they feeling the wrath of daddy. And daddy said, I said, go to bed. And I said, go to bed right now. I'm making them lie down. Even though they feel anxious, I know what's best for them. So I make them lie down. And if I submit to you, if you would open your word sometime, if you would get in your prayer closet and get into the presence of God, when your mind was rambling around and you couldn't find any peace at night, daddy would come in and say, it's time to go to bed. Because David said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Some of us are up at night because we have not learned how to get into the presence of God. Is it a place beyond mere head knowledge? It is a place beyond just mere scripture, but it is a place where scripture and the Holy Spirit meet on the inside of our heart and give us an insurmountable peace. And he says, you don't need to lay down. You don't need to be up all night worried about this. Why? Read my word. It already told you that he that watches over Israel slumbers not nor sleeps. I already got the night watch. There's no reason for you to be up. Lay your head on your pillow. I'm going to make it all right. <laughs> Lord, I feel I feel desolate and I feel dry in my life and I feel like everything is going helter-skelter in my life and I'm scared of the outcomes that are coming. Well, guess what? He will bring me beside the steel. Lord, I'm scared that depression is going to take me out of here. I can't, I can't seem to get up. Every time I seem to get up, I seem to be down and medication is not working and getting new friends is not working. And I hop from state to state and that's not working. And, and God, it doesn't seem like clinical help is even working. Get into his presence. Medical help is good. It's good. Sometimes people have chemical things to go on, but I've come to tell you there's nothing like getting into his pleasant presence because your soul is nothing but your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if you're dealing with repression, depression or repression, I heard David say, he restoreth my soul. But I'm afraid. He restores what's broken in me. When you wake up and you feel overwhelming sadness, he's saying, don't be afraid of the dark. 
because I can restore your soul. And David said, just in case you didn't get me and figure out where I'm coming from, he says, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> although I'm walking in a low place, although I'm walking in a dark place, he says, my heart will not fear. I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm in his presence. <laughs> For thou art with me. <laughs> thou ride and thy staff, they comfort me. <laughs> thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over <laughs> because I'm in your presence. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Why am I not afraid of the dark? Because I've learned when trials come in my life to go into the room with the Father. I know he's omnipresent. I know he's everywhere. But sometimes I have an intimate space where I go that nobody else knows where it is. And I get away from people. And sometimes I have to wait till people are asleep. I wait during the middle of the day, even at lunchtime when I know nobody's in here. And I'll come and I just lay at this altar when there's nobody else here. And I'll get here and say, Daddy, Daddy, you wait. I, I know you wake your word says you wake I got some issues and, and they're building up a little fear but I know that if I can get in your presence your presence is light and, and the Bible says in him is light and there's no darkness in him there is no shifting shadow God fear cannot abide where you are if you're dealing with fear right now if you're bound with fear right now the answer is to get in Turn on the light. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Daddy, because you're with me. I'm in your presence. God is looking for a church that's not just looking for a Sunday morning sermon and a Sunday morning service. I really enjoy our services. They lit. They, they, they wonderful. I, I really enjoyed it. Brother Dave took off running down the stage down this way. I didn't even know where he went I because I was dancing over here and these people over here. And sometimes we have a high praise and sometimes we have a time where we get into a deep worship. But God wants you to know it's got to be go beyond Sunday morning. Every day you need to get into his presence. Every day you need to get into his word. I'm glad that Bible study is growing and I'm encouraging you. If you know you can make it, make it. Make our Bible study the best it could be. The more you have in here, the more we, we, can, we can talk and converse with each other. But get into his presence. Knock on the door. Daddy's waiting. You don't have to be scared of the dark. Somebody right now that's listening has got a bad diagnosis from the doctor. And you're scared. Your situation might not change overnight, but I've come to tell you, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you don't have to be scared of the dark. Somebody feels like life has passed you by and there's nothing left for you. Some of you, it's hard to get out of bed and you feel a heaviness. I don't know who you are, but there's a couple of you in here. 
that are feeling an insurmountable heaviness and sadness and you don't know how to shake it. You don't know how to get away from it. You've tried medicine. You've tried all sorts of things, but it keeps rearing its ugly head. I've come to tell you, God said, get in my presence. For in my presence there is fullness of joy. And at my right hand there are pleasures evermore. You don't have to be afraid of the dark. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As Brother Dave comes, God, we thank you. We thank you for the word that has been spoken. We thank you, God, that this word will go out and touch every heart that you intend for it to touch. Lord, I pray that it germinates in their heart and produces fruit that will be bountiful and a blessing not just to them, but those who they come in contact with. Lord, I pray your light around the world. And right now, Lord, I pray right now for your light to shine in the Ukraine. God, for it's dark for them right now. Didn't know that would be going on when the sermon was picked, but God, it's a dark season for them. And I pray right now that we as the body of Christ keep praying that you turn the light on and that you move away fear and that you keep them in the valley of the shadow of death. Now, God, somebody is going through right now, and I pray that you give them the courage just to get out of their seat and step forward as the prayer team comes and say, Daddy, I'm scared. And I no longer want to be scared of the dark. Help me. Heal me. And we'll be helpful to give you all the praise. We believe it and receive it in Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise.